Good morning. Again, great to see you today. Thank you again for joining us. For those of you that are joining us online, whenever or however you're watching us, we're, we're glad you did. We are in the third week of the series we are calling Win the Day. You know what? Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. The, the challenge of our life is how do we forget yesterday, even the struggles or maybe even the great things about yesterday? How do we not be so preoccupied on tomorrow? How do we look into today and say, God, this day is the day that you have made? How do we win this day? You know, who knows, but this day could change the rest of your life. One phone call, one email, one connection can change your life. We really believe that. Today's going to be a little different than you might expect, as you might notice. Uh, what am I going to do with this table and a couple chairs? But we're going to share some exciting news with you. I think uh, the news that is going to uh, fit really well into this, this series, the current series that we're in. And uh, But first, let me start with a great story. I always love a great story. And I want to introduce this principle, fly the kite. Well, on November 9th, uh, 1847, a civil engineer by the name of Charles Ellett Jr. was commissioned to build a bridge across the Niagara Gorge. And that's in like Niagara Falls, Niagara, connecting New York to Canada. And uh, the question, of course, is how do you get the first cable across this spance. You gotta remember this is the 1800s. It's 825 feet across. It's two cliffs that stood 225 feet tall. Well, enter Theodore Graves Hewlett. He was a, he was a local iron worker and he suggested that to get this to do a kite flying contest. No kidding. It, and it was a 15 year old boy that won the $10 prize by f being the first one that could fly his kite all the way across the gorge. The day after that flight, uh, a stronger line was connected to the kite string, and following that, then a, a, a rope, and then following that, a cable that connected 36 strands of 10-gauge wire. It would become the first railway suspension bridge strong enough to support a 170-ton locomotive. Isn't that amazing, but it all started with one kite string. You know what? It seems like everything in life starts small. The greatest things in your life, you might look back and say, you know what? That's, that started as a seed. Sometimes the most difficult things, you look back and go, oh, it started there, something very small. But if we're going to do the little things like they're big things, then God will do big things like they're little things. If you have a Bible, I'd like you to turn to the book of Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah chapter 4, and we're going to unpack this, this principle, this habit we're talking about today of flying the kite. Because small beginnings turn into something bigger. And Zechariah chapter 4 and verse six. Now let, 6. Now let me set the scene here because what we're seeing in Zechariah, he is part of a group that has come back. You remember that the children of Israel defeated by Nebuchadnezzar. He destroyed Jerusalem. He destroyed the temple. He took most of Israel and especially southern Judah into captivity, into Babylon. And 70 years later, the next king of Persia gave them the ability to go back and rebuild the temple. And so Nebuchadnezzar uh, is dead and gone, and we've got a new king 
And the Lord instructs and empowers a priest by the name of Zerubbabel. Probably one of my favorite names in the Bible. Zerubbabel, right? You can just, it kind of, you know, kind of like, remind me of Barney Rubbable. Uh, I don't know who that was for, but you needed it. But here's the deal. Here's what he tells Zerubbabel when he comes up and he sees nothing but a pile of ruins. You remember when they destroyed this temple, they burned it with fire. If you look in the Old Testament, you'll see the temple had a lot of inlaid gold all the way through it. So fire had melted the gold. And over the years, people had gone in and scavenged for the gold. They had stripped away the stones. They had tried to get every piece. It was just pretty much became the city dump. And Zerubbabel says, I got to go back and rebuild God's temple. Probably one of the most glorious, beautiful structures that Israel had ever known, built by the great King Solomon. But here's something that God says to Zerubbabel as he looks over the ruins. And he says this, it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I don't know what you're looking at your life right now. And the only thing you think of is I can't. I can't handle this, God. I can't get over this, God. How am I supposed to face this, God? I don't know what it is, but maybe you just need to hear this today. Jesus would say, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by God's spirit. And without the Holy Spirit, face it, we're all just below average. Anybody else feel that way? Not just below average, but I mean without the Holy Spirit. And the good news is, with the Holy Spirit, okay, if that's the truth that way, then with this Holy Spirit, we can do anything. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the X factor, and sometimes it starts with very small beginnings. The Holy Spirit is the difference between the best that you can do and the best that God can do. And let me in on a little secret. God wants to do things in you and through you that are beyond your ability, beyond your resources, and beyond your imagination. Why? So he can get the glory. I was just thinking today in my prayer time as I was looking back over some of the things in my life and said, man, I didn't deserve that. How did I get that? How did I ever land that? How did I ever accomplish that? And I realized I had to get out of my eye out of my way and realize it was God all the way through. I don't know what mountain you might be facing today. The mountain, maybe it's like so many of us today, it's a mountain of anxiety and fear Maybe it's a mountain of addiction. Maybe it's a mountain of injustice or unforgiveness. Maybe a mountain of depression and frustration and fear. It might be just a mountain range itself. But that's when I've got to go back to realize, no, no, no. God is the one that makes sidewalks through the sea. God is the one who can make the sun stand still. God is the one who can turn water into wine. God is the one who still moves mountains. And this is what he says about Zerubbabel in Zechariah chapter 4. He says, nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. Now, I don't know how you start to move an unmovable mountain. <laughs> Some of us look at things and it's just like, well, in me, in the practical, this is impossible. How do we flip the script, kind of like we talked about in Habit 1? How, how, how do we do these things? How, you see, you declare God's power, God's grace, God's glory. This is his job. 
and you confront the brutal facts that I can't do this when my faith is weak, my faith is wavering, but through God, we exchange my weakness for his authority, and we say, God, you can do great things. You can do great things. We are followers of Christ. The Bible says we are citizens of a kingdom. And I love the kingdom of God because it flips everything upside down from what we know and what we live with every day. You know, one day we are going to walk with Jesus and everything is going to be known. And we're going to realize how crazy and maybe even worthless and petty that we've been focused on, especially in the last couple of years. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. And the Bible says when Zerubbabel came and he got all the people together and they began to work and they cleared the space and they laid the ground work for the new temple and they actually laid the foundation. Should have been like a cornerstone moment of excitement, but it said the people gathered around, they looked at it and people were crying with joy and others were weeping because they remembered the original temple and they said it looks so small. Have you ever seen a house and it's just a foundation? It doesn't look like much, does it? And God said this, don't despise small beginnings because from this foundation, something good is going to happen. So how does that relate to our story? How does that relate to Family Life Church? I'm going to invite Pastor Clint because I cannot do this by myself today. And uh, I want Pastor Clint to come up here and, and we're going to do a little uh, something different. How many enjoy just something different? And, uh, well, there's two of you. The rest of you, you're on for the ride. You're going to get it anyway. Pastor Clint, thank you. Um, appreciate you being here today. And I enjoy and uh, so appreciate being able to team with uh, a partner like Clint and his wife, Kim, and uh, their ministry here at Family Life Church. But uh, we're going to talk about Carlton today. And uh, some of you might have heard some things about Carlton uh, over the last few years, if you've been with us uh, for the last few years, there's been a lot of things said, a lot of things uh, done. And uh, so let me just give you a little recap of what's going on here. I don't know if you knew this, but it was in the fall of 2017. Remember 2017 when the world was different? <laughs> uh, we didn't even know what a mask was back then, uh, only at Halloween. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> for the fall of 2017, the Oregon ministry network of the Assemblies of God here in Oregon came to our church, came to our board, our leadership team, and asked us if we consider helping a local church very close to us. Carleton, Oregon had an Assemblies of God church that had been there for over 50 years. But it had, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it had pretty much aged out. That means that the people became older and older and it, be, and it stopped growing. And at one time, very effective church in the community and, and the pastor had to, to retire, and they really couldn't get another pastor in, and there was just a few people left. And they did not want to see just the doors close, and that be the end of the history for Carleton Assembly of God Church. So they came and talked to us uh, as a church. So would you be willing to take on this ministry, to partner or become a parent to that church? So we prayed about it. I remember the, the day that as a board and leaders, we took two weeks. And we'd say, we're just going to pray. We're not going to answer. And after two weeks, we came back together and it was unanimous around the table. This is what God has for us. We've got to do this. So we, we took some bold steps. We raised close to $200,000 in cash. We sold an acre of our ground right here on our property. And you'll see a big building going up for uh, Beaudry's Custom Cabinets now. It's going to be beautiful. We sold an acre of the property in Carleton, and we generated this, and our plan, our goal, 
was to be able to create a, a, just a, a space a, a, the, where we could relaunch, a, create a, a, just a simple a multi-use kind of space where we could relaunch this work that will become Family Life Church Carleton. Pastor Clint and Kim came on our team just about that time, uh, and uh, it was they came up with the idea of they would be the campus pastors there. And so they began to work. This is, like I said, a couple years are passing during these times. And we decided to begin to serve in the community, even though we didn't have a building yet. Pastor Clint led teams. We, on our serve day, we went in and did some great things, began to build relationships, begin to invest in that community, begin to get a reputation of, hey, these people care. And, uh, but we also experienced some stalls <laughs> along the way, some discouragements, some delays. We ran out of capital. Right now we have a beautiful one-acre lot with two nice new streets through it. It's gorgeous, beautiful, just dirt. It's amazing how much money you can put into dirt, right? <laughs> We're not in debt. That's a good thing. It's ours free and clear, but there it sits. Millions of dollars to build a simple building now, and we're just like, okay, now what? And we're, we're, we're stalling. And space in the community of Carleton was very difficult to find. And uh, finally, we found a space a couple years ago. The school, right across the street from our property, said, you can use our facility. We were like, this is it. We're high-fiving. We're like, September, we're going to launch this thing. And how many know that COVID just kind of stopped everything in its tracks? Yeah, really. So what do we do? What do we do from there? Here, you know, we'd flown the kite. It felt like we had a couple strings across the, the, the gorge. And now somebody was trying to cut the strings. We said, okay, God, what can we do? That? What can we do? And I remember beginning to ask, what could we do? And as Clint and I began to dream and pray together, and we're just saying, okay, if we can't do this, what can we do? What would be just a a string we could maybe float over the chasm. And so we start talking about, well, maybe we could do an Easter service in town. Maybe we could do some outdoor services during the summer. And uh, so that's where we did. And Pastor Clint led a team. How did that feel? Yeah, yeah. well, um, let me jump in here if it's okay. I, I want to jump in and, and, uh, and just give a little statistic. How many people in here like statistics? Anybody? Yeah, I do. Nobody. I don't see any hands. <laughs> Well, I'm going to give them anyway. Okay, so uh, first of all, Yamhill County, of which Carlton is a part of, um, is 70% of the people, roughly 70%, a little under, uh, of people in Yamhill County identify as nuns. Now, we've talked about this before. Uh, not nuns like, you know, uh, priests and nuns and those types of things. Not in the Catholic <laughs> faith. But there is there are N-O-N-E-S, nuns. So... More specifically, they identify as no religious affiliation, right? More specifically, nearly 70% of the people in Carleton don't know Jesus. Hmm. And Yamhill County overall, Newburgh as well. So across this county, nearly 70% of the people don't, they identify as nuns or people who don't know Jesus. Hmm. So we think that's a pretty wide open harvest field. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and so... What we invested in first uh, is prayer, right? Like how many of us know that that's what we have to invest in first, right? At all times, when we we're going to do anything, we we're going to step out, it's all about investing in prayer first. So we did some prayer walks. Uh, we did some prayer points that we gave to people to yeah. pray about. Uh, and we also worked, as Pastor Dave talked about, we worked on city relationships, all right? Mm -hmm. 
city relationships with people. Um, these connections that we made uh, in those city relationships, it led to connections with a couple, uh, Ken and Karen Wright. If you're going into Carlton, you might as well find the people who own the winery there and get yeah. to know them. And, uh, and uh, they have great influence in the community and have been there for quite some time, love the community, serve the community. And, uh, and so we made great relationships with the Wrights uh, which led to our Easter service then uh, in the uh, white, uh, the right uh, sellers, uh, you know, their property there, their warehouse there. And, uh, and so we had a, an Easter service in, their, in, the, uh, in the Wright's uh, winery, in their uh, warehouse out there, and it was really an amazing cool. setting, yeah. right? Yeah. It was a cool setting. We had a great group of people go in and set things up. Our backdrop for the stage was wine barrels all the way across, which we lit up and had in different colors. It was amazing. Communion uh, was amazing. Yeah, let me, let me say. Oh, there it is. Yes, there it is on, on the back there. So, so you can kind of check it out. And, uh, and so we had uh, really a great service in this location. And, uh, and so let me just give you a quick, uh, you know, just a few thoughts on that. Uh, we had nearly 100 people that came to that first uh, service that we, that we had. Uh, out of that service came a group of people who would commit to, um, you know, setting up and tearing down and, and really kind of ultimately stepping out with us uh, for our summer services, uh, which this service did ultimately then lead to that connection with the rights again to say, you know what? These people took care of the property that they came in and used. And actually, uh, Ken was telling us that he was very impressed at the fact that we came in. We did what we said we were going to do. We took care of their property. We cleaned it up uh, and uh, didn't leave anything. Like, we really cared for it. And in the Christian uh, walk, that's a big deal. Yeah. When you care for other people's stuff, yeah. you do what you say yeah. you're going to do. That's a big deal. And so we did that, and ultimately then, when I reached out to Karen about this possibility of summer services, as Pastor Dave and I talked, um, ultimately then she said, well, I'm going to talk with Ken, but, uh, but I think it'll probably be okay. And so she came back and said, hey, we're totally fine with that. We've got them marked on the calendar, you know, all the services that you want to hold throughout the summer. We'll make sure that it's open and available for you guys. And so... Ultimately, then, we stepped into these summer services where we had five summer services. We had six on the calendar, uh, but a catalytic converter held us up one Sunday. And, uh, and so God bless those people who have it. And, um, and so we pray for them and their salvation and stuff. And so, uh, and so anyway, we had these five outdoor services at the uh, Yamhill Carlton Soccer Arena outdoors. We had an incredible summer, but let me tell you, it rained one week. It was 115 another week, <laughs> you know, Cali Converter. I mean, there was just all kinds of stuff that happened, uh, but we pressed through with a great group of people. We brought lots of bottled water out there for everybody who served, and, and, uh, and that, was a great, uh, that was a great time of five services. We averaged uh, anywhere from, you know, I mean, we probably averaged about 30 people, uh, you know, weekly in those services. Uh, which is still, uh, for being outdoors in the summer uh, in Oregon, is pretty good. I, I felt like that was pretty good. And as yeah. we talked, we felt like that was pretty good. Some weeks we had more than that. Uh, a couple weeks we had uh, maybe less than that. But, uh, but we had amazing people who jumped in every week 
you know, bringing the trailer, towing the trailer in, getting there at 8 o'clock. We had a group of people there every week at 8 o'clock, uh, you know, setting up chairs and, and the stage and, and media and those who were part of uh, worship and music and um, greeting people and giving away Bibles and life journals because that's a big deal to us as well. And, uh, and so we had a great system that we got down ultimately where we were setting this thing up uh, within you know, less than an hour, right around an hour, sometimes even less, we had it set up and, uh, and we were ready to kind of roll. And we continue to think through how we can do those things yeah. uh, even more efficiently. And uh, we will continue to think through things and how we can do them even more efficiently. But at the end of the day, like we have to come through and, and, and look back. Sometimes we don't stop and look back. Sometimes we're, we're so focused on moving forward, moving forward, getting the next thing done. And I get that, right? like that's where we live. Mm. Uh, but we also have to stop and look back and say, wow, you know, look at what God did. Mm. You know, look at what God did. Sometimes you just have to stop and ask yourself that. Yeah. You know, remind yourself of that. You know, what did God do? Look at what he did. Mm. We had a great Easter service, great outdoor summer services. And, uh, and it was just a really a, a great time of building a core group of people and, and reaching those in the community as well. Yeah, that's amazing. And I know one Sunday I had a chance to go out and, uh, uh, before services started here. And it was. It was a, it was a great setup. And uh, the team was amazing. And we were able to get great equipment to be able to do that. And they really had it down to a science, as Pastor Clint was saying. And people would drive by. I know that there were several stories about, hey, uh, we're excited about something happening in Carlton. Let us know when you're meeting every week. Let us know when you have a permanent spot. And we're like, well, we've got this dirt patch over here. And, but we continue to say, God, okay, you know. That's right. Because we've got to got a date. You know, I've heard it said this, a dream without a deadline is dead on arrival, right? Well, we have this dream, but we don't have an opportunity. And you can't really finish what you don't even start. So we just kept putting it back on God. Say, God, how are you going to do this? Because how many know we still have this COVID thing? The schools really are just now figuring out how they're going to do this. And we continue to build relationship. And I think we've gone through three principals and uh, a couple different administrators and, and the people that we had the agreement to use the school uh, two years ago in September before once COVID shut it all down, they weren't there anymore. And so we continued to work on this. And, uh, but we've got it. We're just saying, God, we've got to give ourselves a place. And, you know, this project is like when God asks us to do something that stretches us because how many know if you keep swinging for something and it's just like you feel like you're swinging and missing or, okay, that was okay, but it still doesn't answer the full question, you know, we start saying, what do we do? Well, sometimes we got to get rid of the most common questions that we say or the most common excuses like say, well, man, are we even ready? You know, I know we got a system down, but are we ready to do this every week? You know, are we qualified to do this all the time? I mean, maybe we don't have enough experience. We... But guess what? God does. You know, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called, right? And how many know that if you're married and have had children, you were never ready to have those kids? You might have thought you were, but you weren't, right? You're never ready to start that. You're never ready to launch that. You know, it's just like, okay, God, we're going to do everything we can do, but you still have to open the door. And you still got to help us. But if we wait until we're ready, <laughs> we'll be waiting the, waiting the rest of our lives. So we're like, God, just give us an opportunity. Just, you know, we've got, we had the incredible winery for Easter, but that's not a place we can use every week. Uh, that outdoor soccer field is going to get pretty cold once this thing gets going. And we're looking for a green light. 
And uh, the thing we want to announce to you, it's very exciting. In the last couple of weeks, we have gotten a green light. Yeah. Yeah, we have gotten a green light. And, uh, and I want to I throw in here just really quickly here, you know, this, this whole idea of, of waiting. Uh, you know, sometimes we don't know. Uh, you know, recently I was reading in Joshua chapter 3 about waiting on, you know, this, this whole idea of, of Joshua leading the Israelites across the Jordan River. Mm-hmm. And one of the key things that, that as I was reading through this, God was just speaking to me. And, and some of the things that, that he told me as I was kind of going through this, he kind of put these in my mind is, hey, there's a time of waiting on God, right? The Israelites were there. They're waiting on God. Joshua said, hey, wait here. Uh, you know, tomorrow God's going to do something amazing, right? He, that's, this is what he says. So, uh, and then he gave these instructions for the priests to carry the ark and, and step into the water of the flooded Jordan River, right? And so they had to do that, and then God made this way, and they were able to cross over. So, you know, it's, it's about waiting on God, stepping when he leads to step, you know, walking through sometimes uncomfortable uh, spaces, and, uh, and then waiting some more for that next step to come, right? And so we have been in this time of waiting and doing what we can, right? Doing the, the, the things that we can, whether it's Easter or summer, we've been stepping out and doing those things. Uh, but we ultimately know that without a week in and week out, uh, you know, a weekly meeting, uh, we're not going to be able to build the type of momentum that really needs to be built. Uh, mm-hmm. And so uh, as we've talked about it and, and uh, reached out to the school and we were waiting to hear back from them and everything, and we were, you know, we were like, I don't know. When are they going to get back to us? When are we going to hear? Is it going to be this year? Are we going to have to wait till January? What are they going to allow? And just the other night, we had a, a prayer and worship meeting in Carlton. It was on a, it was on a, uh, what, what night was that? Wednesday night. Yes, mm-hmm. Wednesday night. It's on a Wednesday night, and we had a prayer and worship time. We were there for about an hour and a half, and uh, and we we sang some songs and we prayed to God. We lifted up the request to Him. And, um, and I also had had that day a meeting with the brand new principal, the third principal uh, <laughs> at the Carlton Elementary School in our three and a half years here. And uh, so I had a meeting with her. She was coming in from uh, Dayton, I believe. And so we were talking and, and I explained to her what our heart was meeting at the school. And ultimately then um, she said, well, you know, let me reach out to the school uh, to the uh, district, and I'll go to bat for you. You know, let me reach out on your behalf. And uh, that was a Wednesday that we had, that I talked to her, and we had that prayer me- meeting that night. And literally Thursday morning, I got an email uh, from the district saying, hey, we, uh, we want you to come and pick up the key fob for the school, and we want to open up the school. We know you probably probably want to meet even starting this Sunday. So you've got the green light. If you want to start meeting this Sunday, you guys can go pick it up. Let's go. And I, I you know, I was like, well, I don't know that we're quite ready uh, for this Sunday, but um, but we do have a plan and we do have hopes to to do it. And so uh, so as we have been uh, talking and planning ahead, and as a staff, we talked uh, even this past week, and uh, we believe that it's time to step out and go. And so as of uh, November 7th, uh, we are going to hold weekly meetings at the Carlton Elementary School. So it's an exciting time, right? It's an exciting time. 
So that's kind of uh, where we're at. So we're going to be having weekly meetings uh, at the school Sundays at 10.30 a.m. And, uh, and it's going to be, those are going to be amazing. Uh, we're having a prayer and worship night actually coming up here as well right. um, at the school on Sunday, October 24th at 6 p.m. All right. And so what we're doing that for is so that anybody who wants to come can come. We're going to set up uh, just how we would on a Sunday. Um, with the stage and you know, we're gonna have some worship. We're gonna have a night of prayer uh, And we want everybody to be able to come and really take in what it's gonna be like mm -hmm. to worship to have that worship service in Carlton and yeah. so, you know, whoever wants to come out is invited again uh, Sunday October 24th at 6 p.m. You're invited to come out and be a part of that and maybe get that renewed uh, you know sense of excitement about yeah. this campus that uh, has kind of gone like this as we've talked about yeah. uh, over the couple of years and uh, and so we are gonna be doing that we want anybody to come out and be a part of that mm -hmm. uh, and then also what we're going to be doing uh, prior to our launch on uh, November 7th is we're gonna be canvassing the city of Carleton uh, with door hangers uh, to be able to go around and let everybody know that we're going to be there weekly uh, weekly and so where we're going to be meeting so we've got door hangers that are being uh, made right now uh, that uh, that we're going to send out and get done and then uh, send a group throughout the city to to hang those and let people know so if you want to be a part of that you can email me clint at myflc.org uh, and we're excited uh, to step out yeah that that is exciting. And, uh, and again, uh, once we get the keys, we look at each other and go, whoa, this is go time. Are we ready? Right? I remember when we first launched this back in 2017, we had a bunch of people lined up. We had worship lined up. We had a plan. We had it all locked and loaded. And a lot of things changed over the last several years. We're still praying about some of the key spots. What's that going to look like? It's going to be Family Life Church Carleton. So we're one church, two locations. Pastor Clint and his team, he will be speaking each week out there. We work together. We collaborate on messages. So same series and same messages. We'll be speaking in both locations. I'll be doing it my style. Pastor Clint will be doing it his style. We'll have a worship expression. It'll feel as much as we can like Family Life Church, but it's going to feel like Family Life Church Carleton. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, whatever that was, here's what I know. The devil hasn't wanted this to happen for a long time. And he's been trying, and I don't blame everything on the devil, but uh, for whatever reason, we needed this journey. Yeah. I think uh, four years ago, if they'd have came to say, hey, we'd like you to start a church in Carleton or take this over, it's like, oh, great. And it's going to be four years of very difficult walking. Yeah, that's right. You're going to be discouraged. You're going to spend more money than you really think you can. You're going to be like, <laughs> you know, I mean, does anything ever happen that way? No. It's like hope and dream and vision and excitement. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, but now we look back and see God was with us throughout the way. And yeah. we flew a few kites. We got a string across the gorge. And now we need to start building on that. Mm -hmm. So uh, like I said, we need your prayer. We need your support in that. We're not uh, church A and church B. We're not going to send them all our leftovers. We're going to do excellence there and excellence here. I believe there's many, many people in Carleton that are just waiting for a church in their community, right? And there's some key people from this church that feel called to go and help and be a part of that and help set up. And uh, so we wanted to, to say, number one, we've got a deadline. We've got a date that we can say on that day, just a little less than six weeks, which... Five weeks from today. Yeah, five weeks from today. Wow. Um, and uh, that's not even enough time for a diet. So, 
I don't know why I said that. But I'm just saying, you know, five weeks comes quickly, doesn't it? And uh, our time is going. But here's the deal. We're going to plant a flag, literally and figuratively, in Carlton. I know when they were meeting at the... Uh, the uh, soccer pavilion there. When I drove up, man, there's Family Life Church uh, A-frame signs pointing the way and big flags up. It, they're going to know we're in town. It's going to be great. Yeah. Right across the street from the property that God has given us. And we're going to build what God can do. And Pastor Clint is going, and Kim are going to lead that. And there's going to be a group of leaders that come around that. And it's going to be an incredible expression. And we're going to see what God can do. So we've got to look at, you know, hey, let, what, what has God done here? Look at what God mm-hmm. has done here. And I, and I want to close with this because the thing that God said through the prophet Zechariah is don't despise the day of small beginnings. Yeah, that's right. You know, when we did the Easter service, it was a great day. I mean, it was a beautiful setting. It smelled great, smelled like communion. Um, but it, it was a beautiful, it felt very Yamhill County. Mm-hmm. And we were very proud to say, this is an excellent place. The sound was great. We've got our media team just, Mm -hmm. you know. But then the next week, we were kind of back here. And we even heard somebody drove up and said, hey, where are you guys? And we're just like, oh, no, you know. Why can't we? But you know what? That was just a small beginning. It was a first step. And a lot of times we think right here, right now. But God is thinking. Back four years ago, we were thinking, let's do this tomorrow. And God was saying, you know what? I've got a longer vision than what you've got. I've got a longer throw. You know, God's thinking nations and generations, and I'm thinking, what am I doing tomorrow? We think what God has for us, but it's always about the next generation. Mm -hmm. I want you to know, you were here the day we we said, November 7th, we're starting something, and I believe years from now, they're going to look back and say, this was the start of what happened in Carleton. This was the start because a church believed enough. What's going to happen from here? We don't know. There'll be more challenges ahead, but guess what? We're going to be meeting every week. And we're going to be believing God for favor and his covering. And so, oh, yeah, absolutely. So I just want to jump in here really quickly and, uh, and say, you know, the reality of it is we know of places that have that jumped pretty quickly, planted churches, you know, different, uh, you know, campuses during this time. And oh, they've been yeah. pulled back in. And, uh, and so, you know, we've walked forward slowly, but we've walked forward confidently knowing that we're waiting on God and on his timing. And so, uh, though it has taken some time, I just want to say, you know, um, God's in that. He's in the time, you know, he's in the waiting. Uh, he's in the preparations, you know. Uh, he's in all of those things. And, and, um, and so, if you're, if you're sensitive to him, right, he'll lead you at the right time. And I just want to say for a second here, uh, I want to, point it back to Pastor Dave and say, you know, Pastor Dave, you've been here for what, 18 years now? Yeah. 18 years he's been here. I'm not even that old. He's 26. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So he's been here for 18 years. And, uh, and when this came along, you know, I just want to give him honor because when this thing came along, uh, some pastors would just be like, Nah, we're, we're, we've got enough to do with, you know, at our, at this campus, we've got enough to figure out at this campus. And uh, so I want to give honor for, you know, certainly to Pastor Dave uh, for being willing to say, you know, yeah, we're going to do this and it's not going to be easy. And, you know, yes, we'll have to bring a campus pastor on. Uh, and sometimes that campus pastor might be a pain. I don't know, you know, but, but, uh, but, but the reality of it is some pastors would say no, but you know, I want to give honor to Pastor Dave for saying yes. 
Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks, Pastor Clint. And uh, I think these are exciting times. And uh, there's always been a core of people around this thing. And you've made it happen. The most money we've ever raised for any project has been this one, and uh, which is exciting. And do we have all the money we need for week to week? I'm not sure. Do we have all the people to the, the, all the people we need? Not yet. Uh, but God knows. Yeah, that's right. God knows. And He said, "I'm going to give you a date." And we said, "We're going to we're going to reach for it. We're going to swing for it." I know the focus for today has all been about Carlton, but let me bring it back to you. Let me talk to you. What 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 goal are you going after? What has God placed on your heart? Maybe you're on the side where you've started something and it seems like forever, or maybe you've been at it and you've been praying, you've been leaving, and you haven't seen it yet. Maybe your date hasn't opened up yet. I'm telling you, God knows. And, but he says, listen, if you're willing to fly a kite, I can turn a string into a cable that can become a bridge that can hold up locomotives. But maybe it's just, you're just there to fly the kite. I just want you to know, whatever you're dealing with or whatever you're facing, this isn't just about this church and this time. And this is about what God is doing in your life. And we want you to know that flying a kite, taking that step, maybe today is the day that God is speaking to you that I'm going to step up. I'm going to step out. I'm going to keep believing for what God has placed on my heart. And here's what I'm asking. Would you pray for us as a church? Would you pray that God would give us the resources we need? Maybe you're going to be a part of those resources. Would you pray that God would give us the workers that we need? Maybe you're going to be one of those workers. And we want a healthy family life church, Newburgh, and a healthy family life church, Carlton. And on the outside looking in, we say, whoa, God, this is a big ask. But I don't know. We serve a big God, don't we? Would you pray with me today? Jesus, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this day to have an announcement. We've dreamed about this day to be able to announce something. And there's been times we've made announcements that we've had to pull back because of outside circumstances. But God, you've given us favor. You've been the one that's had the time. You knew this day would come. And you know this day, November the 7th, this Sunday, that we're going to have an expression of the body of Christ in Carleton for your glory and for you to get bigger in that community. And we thank you for that. Lord, we know that as Pastor Clint already shared, there's such a large percentage of people that don't have any connection. But God, ultimately you came, we celebrated community today that said that you died on a cross to make a connection with people's hearts and lives. And Lord, we don't know who's going to walk through the doors of that church yet, but I know there's going to be story after story because you're working all the time. So God, we thank you for that. And I pray for every person in this room, those that are listening online and connecting with us digitally. Lord, you have the next step for us. I pray that we'd be encouraged and lean into that. And for you today, as we're in prayer, maybe your next step might just be saying, God, I want to stay. I feel like quitting, but I want to stay in this thing. I want to stay in this thing with you. You might be praying, God, I need to establish a new relationship with you. Maybe you've never really given your life over to Christ. Let me tell you what, that's what this is all about. All, everything we're saying is so important to know that it all starts with Jesus in your life and you following him. And I just want to encourage you today, make that step. Take that step towards him because he will step towards you. Father, I thank you for those today that are saying bold prayers of dedication and the dreams that maybe you're reigniting or starting in people's hearts and minds. Thank you for the open door. Thank you for this date. And we pray you're covering on it. And because I know if anything good happens throughout all this, it's because 
and only because of you, Jesus. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, would you stand with me today? Thank you for allowing us to do something different today, a little bit different. Thank you, Pastor Clint, for your uh, help and leadership and partnership today. And uh, I just want to encourage you today that we have a prayer wall right over here. And I'd love to have you, uh, if you have a prayer request on your heart or your mind, something you need prayer about, don't leave today. We've got people that love Jesus and we'd love to pray with you. If you're online right now, we have a host that will help you. If you just say, hey, would you help us with prayer, or uh, you could turn in a prayer request, or maybe you've made a decision for Christ. If you're in the room, you can put that on a connect card and drop it with your offerings on the, uh, at the info or connect desk, or maybe online, you can just say, hey, pray for me, and we'll connect with you. But we believe God is going to do something great. Our job is just to spread the word. You want to spread the word? Hey, this is something you can gossip about. I give you permission. Go for it, right? That didn't land very well. Anyway, uh, until I see you again, I pray that God would bless you and keep you. I pray that God would turn his face towards you and shine his countenance on your life. It all starts with maybe a small beginning. God, help us fly the kite that becomes something bigger. In Jesus' name. God bless you as you go live the life today. Hey guys, this is Pastor Dave. I just wanted to say thank you for joining us today for this podcast. You know, at Family Life Church, our vision is to create a safe, authentic environment where people connect with Jesus. And we don't believe it's an accident that you joined us today. You know, if this message meant something to you, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on our website at myflc.org. Or you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Family Life Church Newburgh. And I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and you can listen regularly. And I just want to say thank you and God bless your week.